Hello, Lulu here. Before we start this episode, I just want to do a really quick trigger warning um, to mention that the theme we will be discussing today will focus around sexual assault, uh, sexual harassment and rape. So if um, these issues are too triggering for you and you would like to avoid this subject, that's no problem at all. Um, you can skip this episode and join us at the next one, listen to the first one. That's no worry. We don't want to put you in an uncomfortable situation in this podcast. So either welcome to our journey or see you in the next episode. Thank you. Start close in. Don't take the second step or the third. Start with the first thing. Close in the step you don't want to take. Start with the ground you know, the pale ground beneath your feet, your own way to begin the conversation. Start with your own question. Give up on the other people's questions. Don't let them smother something simple. To hear another's voice. Follow your own voice. Wait until that voice becomes an intimate private ear that can really listen to another. Start right now. Take a small step. You can call your own. Don't follow someone else's heroics. Be humble and focused. Start close in. Don't mistake that other for your own. Start close in. Don't take the second step or the third. Start with the first thing. Close in the step you don't want to take. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Poetry to Your Ears podcast and today's episode is a challenging one, a difficult subject but I think it's important to tackle it and we chose it for the second episode because Eloise Lulu has written a wonderful poem that I really highly regard and um, I wanted to share it and she wanted to share it mm-hmm. and um, I'm not quite sure what the subject of the episode is Eloise maybe you can better put a name to it I think the general subject of the episode would be sexual assault. Yeah. And what what were the circumstances that came about to you writing this poem? Um, So my poem is about sexual harassment. It's um, from a personal experience, someone um, who sexually harassed me online in... September, October, um, who 
got my number from a WhatsApp group of general Sussex students and starting talking to me. Uh, it was friendly at first and then they started sending me some inappropriate messages. So I didn't take really seriously um, the incident. I just blocked him. Uh, but it unlocked some part of my brain where I remembered a previous sexual harassment that happened online as well um, over three years and I actually forgot about it and so I remembered this and then this guy who sexually harassed me for three years um, sent me another message <laughs> the day after and uh, another identity. When you say, just to clarify for the audience, when you say sexually harassed you, you mean he he was engaging in stalking behavior yeah right? yeah sure because i know the details of this particular yeah so i kept blocking him and he kept creating new accounts and talking to me and kind of maybe threatening me i don't even remember <laughs> the whole content of the messages that's also let's read <laughs> <coughs> so i read this poem um just before halloween What's the poem called? So it's called Halloween is for Ghosts. Halloween is for Ghosts. Mm. Halloween is for Ghosts, not abuses that I ghosted. You come back haunting me in the shape of another man, texting me, get naked, go to bed now. I forgot about you, putain. Putain. I thought I was a lucky one when I read that people of my gender have all known abuses. I thought, yeah, but shit, this is me too. Me too. Me too. Worse than that. You come back into my life, you changed your name, but your eyes are the same. Your picture is stuck with me. I use it for some voodoo shit to remember my sanity when you are gaslighting me. I didn't want to let you win. I didn't want to give you the key to my mind, so I just completely shut the door. But your message is the opening scene of a horror movie. I see you like Tony in London with all your bodies chopped off, thrown in the bins. The bins pile up in here. And I wonder if that is why I could smell your stink. Just a normal guy, you see. Maybe you're crazy, you think. I need to believe me to keep the door open to keep the movie going, I can't end up like they are on the screen. I won't let him win. But fuck. Me too. Thank you for reading that. My pleasure. And um, it's, it's a shame you had to go through such pain to, to create that poem because that poem happens to be my favorite of yours so far mm. there's some great metaphors and mixed ideas in there 
um, how difficult was it to write this particular poem? I think it went in the one flow. You know. Really? Yeah. I was I was scared at the moment, at this moment, and um, I thought it would make a great poem. <laughs> So I started writing, and then I think the the metaphors kind of just flo were flowing around, flowing on their own. Because because I was scared, it was around Halloween. I thought it was funny. I mm. don't usually get scared during horror movies, and this is reality. So I kind of drew on that, and then um, yeah. And. Uh, and this this is the first poem that you've read out loud at, at an event as well. You chose this poem particularly to read out loud, didn't you? Yeah, in fact, I was going to read a poem about climate change. Um, so I signed up to an open mic, a poetry open mic in Brighton. And um, that was my first time. I did it once in Montreal, but it was in French, and I wasn't so serious about poetry. So to me, it was really the first time. And then it was two days before that I wrote this poem and I thought it was really important. Mm. Um, and it would be cathartic as, m as well kind of to process what was going on and kind of move on as well and reclaim some power. So yeah, I read it out loud and it was really powerful. There was re a really good reception, you know. So when you write in the poem, you say, you say, uh, you say, but the message is the opening scene of a horror movie. I see you like Tony in London with all your bodies chopped off, thrown in the bins. What, uh, what's that reference to Tony in London? Well, that's the movie, Tony. There's a movie. Yeah, there's a movie called Tony, right? And uh, so this guy is a normal bloke <laughs> in <laughs> London, yeah. you know. You just see him, you think he's just really regular, and then you understand he's actually killing people. Um, and then he throws the bodies away because he's just invisible in the society. No one um, finds him suspicious. So the bins one, I wasn't sure if you put them in the bins. I, I don't think so. I think maybe the it's... The uh, bins, of course, is a reference to the... Yeah. The, the the strike the, that the happened bin strike. in Brighton. Yeah. Um, so literally, were piling up. Yeah. So I can I kind of twisted the reality around this because I didn't remember the movie. Yeah. If he was putting them in bins, and I thought it would be good that that's what reminded me was the strike and the smell. Yeah, it's really interesting the way you've 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 you know mixed those together. It's really great mm. the way. Yeah, uh, and I wonder if that is why I could smell your stink. <laughs> yeah and you, you towards the end of the poem you say I need you to believe me to keep the door open to keep the movie going I can't end up like they are on the screen mm -hmm. is that that's an allusion to the kind of gender based violence that's me being dramatic <laughs> that's me using my fear to the max of Mm. Um, that could be me, the women 
that he's killing. I don't think he, this guy is actually going to kill me, like, you know, rationally. But it's a fear you have. You, f- mm. you fear that he's going to follow you and you don't know what he can do. And it's also not knowing what people are up to because this guy up to went up to changing his name, lying to my face. And I didn't think, I mean, to my face, to, you know, to my phone. But I didn't think he could do that. And I, this time I thought, I don't really know people, actually. I don't know what they're up to. And then the stony guy, you don't know what he's up to. You think he's just a normal guy and then he kills people. So it was me really thinking, I don't know what humans are able or capable to do. Um, So it was was really to say I need to be supported and to share uh, what's going on. So that I don't feel alone in my own in my own uh, fear you know I think that's what it's about really you also um, you spoke recently of a documentary you participated in recently talking about some of your trauma yeah so um, in my course um, we're all making documentaries and some some people are doing it on the casual sexism or ordinary sexism and they were asking for people to just share their stories about some everyday sexism that they lived. And um, the only thing that I had in my mind really was this sexual harassment uh, through WhatsApp from this guy at the uni. Because when I saw it, I recognized the pattern and I just blocked him. It really didn't mean a lot to me. It was really from... Uh, my friends telling me I should report it to the university and then remembering this trauma. So I shared the story, I shared the poem, and um, they were quite shocked. You know, when I told my story, they were like, oh, I'm sorry this happened to you. And I, if, I think it's through the eyes of other people that you realize that your story is actually a little bit important. Because <laughs> I always think, you know, I, I say in the poem, I always think I'm lucky. Um, because I hear people, they have way worse stories than me. You know, they they really have so many traumas uh, from so many situations, and I think, oh, I really am lucky in my way. Um, but I think beyond luck, we have to dig in. <laughs> do you do you see this as being a topic that you're going to continue to explore or return to? I don't plan my poems. I, I think mm. I'm going to lose so much if I start planning what I'm talking about. I, I write, you know, when there's um, a call for poems and there's a specific theme. And yeah. then I think, what can I talk about on this theme? But otherwise, it's just really what I need to talk about. And wow, I think yeah. it's going to stay this way, yeah. But I think in my life, being a, um, a woman... Uh, yeah, I think it's going to come again. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. And how do you feel about the the concept of poetry as therapy, poetry as something that's cathartic? I think... Is that is that why you wrote this poem? Um, yeah, I mean, I write poetry to understand what is going on inside and um, I think I had to express 
or of what I was feeling and you know um kind of normal words don't do the job so yeah I think it, it comes from a need so and then after that I feel better so in a way it is therapy yeah it's kind of my way of writing poetry do you how strongly do you believe that poetry is useful for therapy or to help people through events well it works for me I think if more people appropriated this tool um, it would do a lot of good for a lot of people I don't I'm not saying it works for everyone you know everyone has their method um, but I think poetry can be a lot closer to people than what we see of it yeah you know and how um the p- the themes of the poem they're quite recent aren't they so how yeah. how is that working out now well it's kind of a, a sexual assault week for me because um on monday there was a protest at the university uh, relating to sexual assault at the university it was cases of rape actually and then I had a lecture on gender-based violence and I think it was a lot for me this week to process. Mm. Um, I thought I was doing okay, you know, after after this uh, open mic, I was fine. I was really, I felt really empowered. I felt yeah. like I was holding it together. And I feel like this week it's kind of beyond me. Mm. Um, of course, the one of the reasons I'm asking about uh, poetry as therapy is um, I'm conscious that you've brought some readings to this you've picked out some poetry for yeah. this particular episode so we've chosen to kind of focus on sexual assault sexual harassment for this particular episode um, I'm aware that you brought some poetry related to that that you found powerful and uh, I believe I'm not I'm not too familiar with the poet I believe that she's found therapeutic as well. She's she's used the yeah the power of poetry. Can you can you tell us about the poet? Yeah, so it's Rupi Kaur. Um, she's massive now. <laughs> she's very famous um, in poetry, and I think she made it cool again. Actually, she's quite young. It's she's interesting. She's in her thirties. What I've seen about her is that she's Indian Canadian. Yeah, exactly. She's Indian Canadian. She's a she moved to Canada when she was uh, a child, so it talks about her being an immigrant actually, mm. and uh, she wrote this. The so the first uh, poetry collection is called Milk and Honey. And that's what we're going to talk about. Um, so she wrote it when she was in her last year of university. And it really talks about all her sexual trauma and how she overcame it. And um, she published it on her own because uh, no one will publish her. I, <laughs> just to tie into that, I, the other thing that I read was that she's a, some, they described her as an Insta, Instagram poet on a Vice Media. Mm. And um, But aren't all poets Insta poets now? How, what does this term mean to you? Well, you're you're on Instagram as well, aren't you? Sure, 
Are you an, inst- you an Insta poet? I think she could be a Twitter poet because her poems mm. are really short. Really? <laughs> and that's why she wasn't published before because they're too short and you need the context. Mm. So you kind of read them one after another. But yeah, she's very active on Instagram. I mean, she's young, you know, so isn't everyone creative now, like an Insta artist? Like, I don't Yeah. It's just the age now, but I think her poetry is quite short. But does so writing, well on Instagram. writing poetry to go on Instagram, I mean, does that, does that affect how you write your poetry in terms of length or... I don't think like she this? wrote it to go on Instagram. I mean, maybe, but um, that's not what I got from the story. I think okay. she was writing her poetry. She would try to put it in magazines, you know, c- anthologies and that, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and h- how about you? Um, I try not to. I try to write it the length I want. I usually tend to be around three minutes of reading. So <laughs> and then I format it mm, for Instagram. That's interesting. You time it for the reader. Um. Uh, I don't time it. It's just my attention span, maybe. Because mm. <laughs> you said you said in the last episode that you, you read out loud the poem after yeah. you've just typed it up. Yeah. Well, now, but yeah, and then mm. I put them on, put them on Instagram to share them, and they tend to be about six slides. <laughs> okay, so this collection is Rupi Kaur. Rupi Kaur, Milk and Honey. Um, you've chose a couple of poems because they're so short. Yeah, chose. They kind of you read them. In one go, you know, they're one big stream. And um, actually, the book is in four parts. And I think it's quite important. Uh, The first part is the hurting. The second one is the loving, the breaking and the healing. So Mm. it's, it's, I think it's a, a, it's really a a book about therapy. Her own therapy and people can read it and it's really therapeutic, you know. It's maybe one of the most there is in poetry. Um, so because my poem was kind of really about the experience, uh, the poems I chose are about her experience and kind of the different ways that they are streamed in one line because I think that's the way she intended uh, for us to read them. Um, so that's all about her childhood sexual trauma, actually, and uh, she suffered incest. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to read. So they don't have any title, I'm just going to read them. Sex takes the consent of two. If any person is lying there not doing anything because they are not ready or not in the mood or simply don't want to, yet the other is having sex with their body is not love. It is rape. The idea that we are so capable of love but still choose to be toxic. There is no bigger illusion in the world than the idea that a woman will bring dishonor into a home if she tries to keep her heart and her body safe. You pinned my legs to the ground with your feet and demanded I stand up. The rape will tear you in half, but it will not end you. And I wanted to finish on this because it's a little bit hopeful. Mm. 
<laughs> I have another one to close so that we can be a bit relieved. Do you want me to read yeah, it now? Yeah. Just let me find it. This one's about beauty and it's in the part, the healing. For you to see beauty here does not mean there is beauty in me. It means there is beauty rooted so deep within you. You can't help but see it everywhere. So I really want to thank you for sharing uh, everything with us today. Mm. And uh, it's been, I know it's been kind of a tough week for you with regards to thinking about some of these issues in preparation for this episode. It's been a bit of a daunting task, yeah, I think, for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> and um, hopefully next week we'll be talking about something of, with a little bit more levity, something a little bit more yeah, we're joyful. We're going to make sure to make it a bit lighter because uh, we had two really heavy mm -hmm. episodes for the start. <laughs> mm. But yeah, I feel, I feel a bit better now with the... Poem about beauty, you know, gives hope. Les lumières du cinéma se So, if you would like to share your experience or your thoughts on this episode, um, please do. It's always great to have insight on um, what we're talking about. Uh, so, reach out to our Instagram at uh, poetry to your ears. And um, me or Tom will read your message and respond to it with all our hearts. And thank you for listening. <laughs>